Welcome to episode 30 of the Fasting Well podcast. Today I'm going to talk about how to start gradually and kind of ease into fasting so that you can ultimately make it as easy as possible. This is kind of how you build the habit and make it as easy as possible. For any new listeners, I'm a PA, which is similar to a doctor, and I've spent a ton of time learning about fasting and trying it myself and helping other people use it as well to improve their health. So I, have a, I also have an easy fasting guide, which is a little bit similar to this episode, but not exactly. They, they kind of cover the topic differently. But if you want to take a look at that, you can download it on my website. You go to fastingwell.com easy. So just letting you know about that. Um, and then the stuff I'm going to cover in this episode is also a little bit similar to episode four, where I talked about how to start fasting as a total beginner. But we're going to go over a few things here that, that are different as well. So just in case you wanted to kind of compare and contrast and, and check out those resources. So why is it a good idea to start slowly or to start gradually and ease into it if you're starting fasting, if you don't have a ton of experience and now you're doing it? Well, what I've noticed is that it's really, really common for people to want to rush into it. So people often get excited about benefits like weight loss in particular. That's the most common, right? So people get really excited about weight loss. And then they're like, okay, how, how do I do this? Uh, let's see, I'm going to start, I'm going to do keto and I'm going to start 16-8, you know, the 16-8 ratio where you're eating for eight hours a day. And I'm also going to restrict my calories. And so <laughs> oftentimes they're, they're doing some, doing several things at once, some of which are good ideas, some of which are not good ideas, but also just doing too much all at once. And then just the other day, actually, uh, a nurse that I work with in the ER told me she was doing like um, that she had started 16-8, she was doing keto. So basically exactly like the example I just shared. <laughs> so she was doing exactly that. And, uh, and she was kind of talking about how it was difficult and she was having a hard time getting through it. And, you know, it just it was a bit of a struggle. And so I told her, no, 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 you, you don't need to do all that at once. That's kind of crazy. Um, so just take it one step at a time, do something a lot easier, a lot simpler, and get some practice. So, so fasting could certainly be compared to an exercise program. And so if you're starting an exercise program, you don't do the really intense stuff on the first day. Or if you were running a marathon, if you were going to get ready to run a marathon six months or a year from now, you wouldn't go out and run 20 miles today, right? Because if you did, you'd probably injure yourself and then you'd have to quit for a while. So the same thing is true with fasting. You don't go out there and, and just like do a whole bunch all at once or do a whole bunch every day um, if you're just starting. Instead, you got to kind of slowly build your fasting muscle. Your fasting muscle. So that's just a way of saying you, you need to build up your capacity and you kind of need to, to let your body and mind adapt and things like that. So generally speaking, if you're developing a new habit or doing something new, growth happens just outside your comfort zone. So if you try to go too far outside your comfort zone right away, so you're comfortable with whatever, and if you go too far beyond that, then you get overwhelmed, and usually you're going to not last too long. You're probably going to quit. So this is like a typical New Year's resolution. People get really excited about some kind of benefits, and then they, but they, they, they set goals that are too ambitious and they try to, you know, go to the gym every day when they haven't, when they're not used to going to the gym at all. And then they do it for a few days and then they quit because it's too hard to change that habit, change that mindset, change that identity all at once. So instead, there are various benefits to progressing slowly. It gives your, 
it allows you to do the mental and physical adaptation, uh, as I alluded to. And you kind of start learning about yourself and learning about fasting. So as you do it, as you do it day after day, like in a very easy, gradual way, you kind of learn about it and you get a little more comfortable with it. And you also learn about how you react, how your body reacts and everything. And you avoid that New Year's resolution syndrome where you would tend to last a week or less if you were to set a New Year's resolution typically. So instead, you take baby steps, you celebrate small wins, and you keep learning and progressing. And all the while, even while you're progressing slowly, you can certainly still get health benefits. Uh, As soon as you start, you're going to be getting some health benefits. You don't have to go from zero to 60 right away in order to get those benefits. So the bottom line is, slow and steady wins the race with any new habits, including fasting. So how do you start slow with fasting? How do you start gradually? How do you ease into it so you can make it easy? Well, the first and maybe the best option is to do what are called mini-fasts. So credit to Megan Ramos, that's where I first heard about this. Um, And she was actually on my podcast in episode 14. Uh, But uh, but kind of piggybacking on this idea that I got from her. So you do mini-fasts in between your meals. So if you're used to eating three meals a day, just keep eating three meals a day but don't eat any snacks in between. So you cut out all the snacks. And then instead, you just focus on eating plenty of food at your meals so you won't get too hungry in between. Um, So you want to eat like satiating food, especially stuff with a lot of protein, fat, fiber. Those things keep you full longer. And then you eat until you're nice and full. So that's kind of like sometimes we say fasting and feasting, fasting and feasting. So you do the feasting at your meals and the fasting in between your meals. And then ultimately, you would be fasting overnight uh, after dinner, you know, if you don't have any snacks after dinner, overnight until the next day. And that's actually like a 10 or 12 hour fast, potentially even longer. And so you're already doing a pretty significant amount of fasting just by cutting out snacks and only eating your three meals. So by the way, typically you'd also be drinking water, maybe plain coffee, plain tea without any sugar or sweeteners or anything like that maybe plain sparkling water, ideally unflavored, because anytime you introduce sweeteners or flavors, it can kind of throw you off and kind of make you get hungry or mess with your energy levels and stuff like that. So a relatively clean fast, quote unquote, is best when you're doing this. But, uh, but you can certainly start getting some health benefits from doing even just this, including improving your blood sugar, reducing the amount of insulin resistance or excess insulin in your body, which is related to a bunch of other health problems, reducing body fat, or, you know, at least slowly starting to reduce body fat. You can improve your sleep quality because if you have a few hours before bed without any food and you get to digest your food before you go to sleep, then generally your sleep quality is going to be better. It's going to kind of allow you to transition into the rest and regeneration mode instead of having all your energy focused on digestion. So those are some of the health benefits you can start to get, and there are a bunch of others too. Um, So as I mentioned, if you're doing this, you want to eat satiating food, eat till you're nice and full. Even with this, you can start gradually. And on the first day, maybe just do one mini fast, you know, just between breakfast and lunch, for example, and then do that for a few days and then build up to two mini fasts and so on. And you want to be consistent and flexible. Um, So flexible means you can plan ahead. You can say, I have a family event this one day, or we're having a special dessert at my 
parents' house or whatever it is, and you just plan ahead and say, I'm not doing it on that day, but I'm going to do it all the other days, or I'm not doing it just on that evening, but I'm doing it the rest of that day and all the other days, or something like that. And if you miss a day, just get back on track the next day. You don't have to worry about it or beat yourself up or anything. So if you do these mini fasts and, uh, and just kind of take it one day at a time, you can, you can build up your fasting muscle, gradually build your fasting muscle, and you can be improving your health all the while and celebrate those small wins each day. So this is probably the best way to start fasting if you don't have a lot of experience. And I actually have a, a no snacking challenge, a 10 days no snacking challenge that I set up. In case you want to take a look at that, you can go to fastingwell.com slash challenge. And it's a series of emails as well as a PDF score sheet or tracker that you can use to kind of track your progress. And the emails provide various tips and resources and so forth to kind of encourage you throughout the process. So that was option number one, which is probably the best option, as I mentioned. But another one would be if you don't like that option for some reason, you don't want to do like the mini fasts uh, and cutting out snacks. If you don't want to do that, you can also just start with time-restricted eating. But you can make this easy. You can make this gradual. And that's you know better than just kind of rushing into it and doing 16-8 on the first day. So time-restricted eating, of course, means shortening your eating window. So you have less time each day to eat your food. So when we say 16-8, that means you have eight hours to eat your your food and the other 16 hours, you know, is the time when you're sleeping and not eating and stuff like that. Uh, but there's, if, if you don't have a lot of experience, there's no reason to jump into that because it's just going to make you more likely to get overwhelmed and quit if you jump into that or anything more aggressive than that. So instead, you, what you could do is just take one piece of the previous method, which is the overnight fast after dinner. If you just stop eating after dinner and wait till breakfast the next day, how long is that going to be? Well, think about it. What time do you have dinner? Even if you have a pretty late dinner and you finish at like eight or nine, if you wait till breakfast the next day, it's probably at least nine or 10 hours, like minimum. It'd be pretty hard not to have nine or 10 hours in there. Uh, unless you're like, the only way you don't have that is if you're having like a late dessert or some kind of alcohol at night or like the really early breakfast or just a really early coffee with sugar and cream and stuff like that. So you would just have to make a few little changes to get a decent overnight fast of like 9, 10, 11, or 12 hours. And then all of a sudden, you're already doing time-restricted eating. And so, you know, that's the, that could be the initial change. That could be the initial change, and then you just go from there. So if you start with, say, 10 hours, and then after a week, you say, okay, I'm going to make sure I get up to 11 hours now because I've got a little experience with this. I've got a little practice. And so you do that for a week or two. And then you say, okay, I have a little experience, a little practice. I'm starting to learn how this works. So let me go up to 12 hours, which again is not very much. All you got to do is have your dinner a tiny bit earlier or have your breakfast a tiny bit later and not have any, any like snacks or other, you know, drinks with sugar or whatnot in them in between. So, so that's a, another really good approach and it wouldn't disrupt stuff that you're doing during the day as much. If you, if you feel like you really don't want to cut out the snacks right away, then you could just do this um, method instead. And either of these methods works with if you wanted to, instead of, if you're already used to having two meals a day, for example, then you're probably, probably already doing time-restricted eating. But either of these methods works with two meals as well. So you could eventually work to the point where you're doing two meals instead of three meals, but not right away, maybe after a couple months. 
So with either of these methods, if you find it hard to get through the fasting window, even if you're doing a fairly short amount of fasting, as I've advised, if you find it hard to get through it, here's a little troubleshooting. So first of all, think about what you're eating at your meals. Eat until you're nice and full. Some people even say comfortably stuffed, which I think is kind of a clever phrase, but if stuffed means uncomfortable to you, then maybe that sounds like a contradiction. But if you eat till you're comfortably stuffed or nice and full with satiating food, so this is food that has a lot of fat, protein, and fiber, and unprocessed, relatively unprocessed food. So if you do that and you're doing the like no snacking in between breakfast and lunch, no snacking in between lunch and dinner, it's going to be easy. The only thing you're going to maybe struggle with is like some cravings for junk food if you're used to eating junk food snacks and stuff like that. So it's going to be easy if you eat enough food and it's the right food. Um, Also, if you're used to having any sweeteners like diet soda and stuff, that might throw you off. That might make you get hungry sooner rather than later. So see if you can cut back or cut out those kinds of things. Also, if you're getting hungry during fasting, I've shared various tips about how to deal with that in general in episode 16 about mastering hunger while fasting. But if you're doing these short fasts and just kind of easing into it, you're not going to have that much hunger. You're just going to slowly build your fasting muscle and just gradually work your way up. So, of course, once you have more experience after several weeks or maybe a few months, then you can start doing some longer fasts, you know, maybe a little bit more aggressive time-restricted eating, like the 16-8 that I mentioned or whatever. Um, You could also eventually do some extended fasting, you know, 24 hours, 36 hours or beyond. But first, you want to take this time in these early phases or these early stages to let your mind and body adapt, to kind of learn about yourself, learn about fasting, do troubleshooting while it's still easy. So if, if it's a lot easier to troubleshoot something when it's relatively easy than if you already went to the super extreme and now it's really difficult and you're trying to troubleshoot it. So just do the troubleshooting early when it's very easy and stay in that phase for at least several weeks. And that's going to be a better approach that's more sustainable. And you're, you're ultimately more likely to reach your goals in the long run because you give yourself a chance to adapt, to start to build this new habit, and to form a new identity, which is what you always do when you, when you build new habits, is you're forming a new identity. So you got to take some time to let that happen. Okay, so I'm not going to summarize this. Um, I, sometimes in previous episodes I did a summary, but I'm going to try maybe skipping that this time just to keep the episode a little shorter. And it's a relatively short episode anyway, so you can just re-listen to it if you want to kind of hear a summary. <laughs> but, uh, but what I want you to do next is think about How can you start really easily, really gradually, make fasting easy at the beginning, do it consistently, and get some practice? Pick one of the methods that I shared. You know, if if you're in that stage, if you're pretty much a beginner and you haven't already done all of this, then pick one of the methods I shared, either the full meals, no snacks, you know, the mini fasts, or the very easy version of time-restricted eating. Pick one of those, kind of write down your plan. And go ahead and get started because you can do it today. You can just not have any snacks between lunch and dinner or whichever meals you want to use. You can do it today. You can start today. No reason to wait, but just make it easy and take it one step at a time. Celebrate those small wins along the way. And if you wanted to check out my 10-day no snacking challenge if, um, to have a little more guidance, you can go to fastingwell.com challenge. All right. I think that's enough for now. Thanks a lot for listening. And I'll see you in the next episode of the Fasting Well podcast. Thank you. 
The Fasting Well podcast is not medical advice and does not replace the need to consult with your own medical providers.